This episode is brought to you by marketing consulting firm, the Bonafide Lyrics and Marketing, LLC, where creativity meets business. You can check us out at www.theblm.com for more information on how we help local artists and creatives maximize their business presence. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. It's the All Love No Fear Podcast. Hey. It's the All Love No Fear Podcast. Check us out. It's the All Love Oh No Fear Podcast. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All Love Oh No Fear Podcast. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to episode nine. Can you believe it? Episode nine. Episode nine. Of the All Love No Fear podcast with your co-host, me, uh, Kristen Bennett, a.k.a. KB, and... Your co-host, Mr. Mark Metapoetic Bennett. And... Hey, hey, hey. Word, word, We word, are word. here in the building, ready to do some potting with you guys. We are at episode nine. Let's give a round of applause. Episode nine. Woo, 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 woo. woo, woo, woo Almost woo. to episode ten. Can you believe it? Word. Bananas. I am very excited about this, and uh, I don't know. We got, I feel like we have to do something special for episode ten, but I don't know what. So... I guess I guess we got to think of something, Mark. Yeah, we'll we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. You know, we'll give, give a little, you know, razzmatazz, a little jazz, you know, all that, all that, all that. So, um, yeah, it's been quite the week. Uh, I don't know about anybody else, but I feel like I have not had a relaxing weekend in like like six weeks or more. But uh, you know, <laughs> making it through. Scratching and surviving, you know, all that jazz, all that good stuff. Um, I can't believe it's the, we're going into what, the third week of June already? Yeah, yeah this was, this um this week has been kind of, it was okay. This week was okay. I think yesterday yesterday was our first time relaxing in a long time. Yeah, which was, you know. We're always running, always running. So yesterday was a good relaxing day. Yeah. Just chilling. But June is moving kind of fast. Yeah. It's coming up on July pretty quick, so just moving. And in case everybody didn't know, July is Mark's birthday month. Woo, 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 woo. Yes, it's yes, Mark's it birthday in July. It's his birthday, birthday in July. Obviously, I'm clearly more excited about the birthday than Mark is. Um, um, yeah. yeah. It, it's fine. Yeah. Um, Mark is very, you know, low-key and, you know, humble about his birthday. And I'm just sort of like, it's a celebration. Let's let's go ham. Um, Mark does not share those feelings, thusly um, the response that you're getting. But it is Mark's birthday. And maybe we'll do like a special like birthday episode. Won't that be fun? Okay. You don't seem thrilled. And ne- next week is also Father's Day. Yeah. Which nobody respects. No one cares about that. No one. Yeah. I, I saw some things where, like, they have, like, the all-white dinner crews because, you know, people That's love. what dads like to do. <laughs> the all-white party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. With the CD 101.9 jazz vibes. <laughs> that's, that's what. No one wants to do that. I just, need, I just want them to respect us. At least give us, like, a bunch of brunches. Like, 
The, the least you can do is give us food. No, like legit, during Mother's <laughs> Day weekend, Mark was like, hand to God, they don't have um, these same brunches and stuff for Father's Day. And I was like, nah, they have to have something. And when I tell you I have looked high and low out here on Long Island for something, nothing. It's a bunch of nothing. They don't have nothing for the dads out here. Yeah, they, they got stuff on um in the city. A few yeah, things. I legit found uh, like one thing. City. I found one thing, which was the... um the um cruise it was like a, it's like a cruise that some i took a screenshot of it uh i think it's like a reggae what, soca was that the all white one i don't know it might have been hold on i'm trying to see if i can find the screenshot because even I if you it. don't know what the music is or you're not really sure who's throwing it if it's all white it's black people because black people love an all white anything they some, sure do if you see all white like oh it's just this is a black situation. Oh yeah, for sure. For I don't sure. Know why? No, the people on the flyer were definitely black. I don't know why the blacks love all white so much. <laughs> like we are really black people will go ham for our all white function. Be like, you know what? You know, let me just get on in here, get to the little closets, see what I'm working with, because I got some all white ensembles that I could really make use of right now. But yeah, um, it was it was like it's on the hornblower um, cruise situation that cruises around Manhattan. It's it's I think next week i think it's saturday yeah yeah it's like a midnight thing so it's like i think it boards at 11 you cruise from like 12 until 3 and then you come back Word. um actually um i want to start doing something like the other way around because we usually shout out the uh the streaming services at the end mm-hmm. i just want to start in the beginning okay go ahead like, make it happen shout out the people who are listening on our website Yes. Shout out to people listening on Spotify. Yes. Shout out to people listening on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Shout out to people listening on Stitcher. Yes. Um, so shout out to those people. Thank you for supporting. And um, just keep supporting. And we'll have some new stuff coming up soon. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Yes, please. Thank you so much for supporting us on please, this Please, thank adventure. you so much. This has been quite the fun time we've had so far doing this podcast and the feedback we've gotten from regular listeners has been really awesome. Um, yeah. It's really been very helpful and really encouraging to us because this is, excuse me, not an easy thing to do. This is kind of hard. And, um, you know, the fact that we have so much positive um, feedback and support from those of you who listen regularly is much appreciated. Yeah. Thank, we're, you, thank you. We were talking about it. Like when we started, like, um, we realize a lot of people we know they don't listen to podcasts like that. Seriously. So we kind of got to get them into podcasts. Like right. for the people who listen to podcasts, it's a little easy. Like, oh, podcast? Yeah, word. I'm on it. Right. A lot of people don't listen to podcasts that we know. Right. So they, we, they have to like get used to just listening to people talking. Right. Because <laughs> like I take, I commute into Manhattan every single day. So like I have three hours at least yeah. of time to listen to a podcast to and from work. And when I have like quiet ish time at work i'll listen to a podcast while i'm like tapping away on my computer but you know i realize that that's not everybody's uh universal experience when it comes to working some people literally work five minutes away from where they live work so it don't make no sense in that time to start no podcast yeah so yeah and also podcasting i don't even know how did, how did i get into podcasting or listening to podcasts um i don't even know well you you started with the read though i did but i'm trying to figure out like who told me about it or like what got me to start listening to it in the first place? I don't even know. Yeah, I, I started with Joe Budden podcast, and that was after going through um, Everyday Struggle. I listened to Everyday Struggle first. Yeah. So Mark I, 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 th- I think I was used to, and I think this is kind of how why I was saying like we gotta probably start. We'll get to uh, try and get to YouTube and everything because I think a lot of people 
it's easier for them to get, go from YouTube to podcast. Yeah. Then go from podcast to YouTube for people who don't do it usually. Because they want to see it. They want a visual first. Right. So that's that'll be our next plan. <laughs> Word to Big Bird. Word to Big Bird. That stresses me out just a little bit because uh, I probably need to, um, you know, lose some weight, have makeup on all the time. You're, you're fine. You say that, and you're supposed to, and I appreciate it. But yeah, I'm 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 radio ready, not um, not um podcast ready. Um, yeah. What did I just say? I'm podcast ready, not like visual ready. That's a lot. Uh, so yeah, we'll work on it. We'll work you're, on it. You're fine. You, I appreciate that. That's a very lovely compliment. Um, so I finally did find the Father's Day um thing that we were talking about before. It's a Father's Day. Um, beer brunch. Okay. I'm like, beer brunch cruise. I'm like, okay, that's cool, Dad. I guess you're going to, you know, have some beers. and It's beer and jazz. So it's going to be, um, let me let me read it to you. Do you know what a dad wants for Father's Day? Beer. <laughs> this is what it says. I'm legitimately reading this uh, word for word. I'm going to start at the beginning as a matter of fact. Hold on. Wait. <laughs> That's that's how that's how we're gonna introduce this. Hold on, I'm gonna read. There was there was like a couple sentences before, so I'm gonna read the whole thing. It's short though. It's time to do better than socks for Father's Day. Correct. It is time to do better than socks because you know it's a little basic because we're gonna give Dad the same socks for Christmas and for his birthday, so we need to step it up a little. Got it. A Father's Day beer brunch cruise is the perfect time to start a new tradition that Dad will genuinely love. Do you know what a dad wants for Father's Day? Beer. Period. That's where sentence ends. <laughs> but it's not enough just to give the man a beer. Give the man a beer brunch cruise with a little jazz on the side. So let me finish. <laughs> Dad will enjoy some downtime relaxing aboard a luxury yacht, listening to a live jazz band, eating great food from our brunch buffet, and most importantly, unlimited beer or mimosas. And don't forget the unique views you only get from water in the greatest city in the world. It's an event the whole family will love. It includes a two-hour cruise, reserved seating, bountiful brunch buffet, dessert station, unlimited beer and mimosas, signature coffee and herbal teas, and a live jazz band and DJ. It's lit. So, so, this, this, so we talk, we've spoken about like toxic masculinity and stuff like that. Is there like a version of toxic masculinity where we just... Take that away to get better presents? Is that <laughs> to get better promotion for us? Is that is that a part of it? Because I feel like <laughs> I feel like like I feel like everything be progressive and then it stops at like how we treat Father's Day. I feel like that's where the, the progression stops. <laughs> like I'm just trying to figure out <laughs> the progression why. stops there. Like, all right, we're progressive with a lot of things, but Father's Day we'll do the same thing we've been doing. For the last three thousand years, is what we'll do. I, <laughs> we will not stop this. <laughs> so yeah. I, I feel as if <laughs> can we can we just get more progressive with the Father's Day events? Can we just can we just do that? Is that a is that an option we can get <laughs> to? I don't know. Perhaps you need to write to your elected officials and get to the bottom of why just, this is how they're doing, y'all. Like, can we just get more progressive with that? At least, just something, something. Just come on. I don't know. So, do you want the beer brunch or not? <laughs> like, how do we drink beer like that? Number one. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, this, these are the options that are being presented to us. I'm just, I'm just trying to work with what the people told me. Okay. 
So it's a no? You're going to, no? Okay. Uh, probably. But like, probably. Okay. I, I, cause I feel like everything else will progress progressive. And then when it comes down to um, fathers, it's like mm, beers and ties and beers, ties and socks. <laughs> Well, I'll be honest with you. I've been patrolling the stores. Not really patrolling, but I've been passing through um, the stores, the department stores, the Macy's, the JCPenney's, the whatnots. And um, the Father's Day selection for gifts is pretty much... Uh, it's ties. Ties. It's ties, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ties, um, socks. Cufflinks. Cufflinks. Uh, mm-hmm. Cologne. Yep. I did get a sample of cologne when I was in Macy's the other day. Yep. Um, yeah, it's real base model. Real base <laughs> model. It's not really a lot of jazz and pizzazz. You know, they definitely don't do y'all right. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be nothing. Yeah. It, it, I don't even want to buy any of it because I'm like... <laughs> I, I don't know what to do. I'll be honest with you. I will confess that whatever you get for Father's Day is a complete surprise to both of us because I don't know what to buy. Because I feel like I don't want to buy, like, the basic things, but I also am like, I, what are my other options? Because it seems like beer brunch is my other option. I just need some creatives to get together and figure out how to do Father's Day better. That's all I'm saying. That's all, that's all I ask. It's just do Father's Day better. Is that is that ever an option? Is that no? Because cause Father's Day has been trash for years. I mean, you. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Trash for years. It sounds sounds really very dicey. Very dicey. Okay. I'm like Mother's Day. We never have these problems. Like y'all have y'all have a, an abundance of options. It gets progressively better every year. Mother's Day gets progressively better. Every yeah, it's year. been lit. Like I've I've gone to some wonderful functions these last two Mother's Days. I've had a blast. Blasty blast. I'm like I don't know what you about to get. <laughs> it's gonna be real base. My, maybe I'll bake a cake for you. Okay. I haven't baked a cake in a while, so maybe I'll I'll whip out the old KitchenAid Word. and make something happen. Because it doesn't look like the streets are really giving me a lot here um, in terms of things for you to do. Okay. But um, let's um, let's move on. We've been talking about this for a long time. Yes. We are like, what, 10 <laughs> minutes into the podcast? <laughs> like 14 minutes in. We oh, just, we ain't talking about nothing. <laughs> we ain't talking about nothing. Nothing at all. So um, next we have Miss the Love It or Lose It. 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 Hey, love it or lose it. Hey, love it or lose it. Let love it or lose it. Hey, let love it or lose it. Hey, let love it or lose it. Hey, let 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 love it. Let 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 lose it. Hey, let 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 love it. Hey, let let lose it. You have got to stop indulging. My shenanigans, like I will not. You could have wrapped this up like thirty seconds ago. I didn't. I didn't need to have that whole moment that I just had. Also, I feel like every week it's a different song. We are quite creative over here. Okay. I will say that. It is. It is. It's a different song every time. We keep it jazzy for the listeners. <laughs> keep them on their toes. So um, for Love It or Lose It, the topic is French fries. Okay. And there's four types of French fries we have here. Uh-huh. The four core types are Popeyes, mm-hmm. Checkers slash Rallies, McDonald's, and Burger King. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You want to go first or you want me to go first? Um, Burger King's losing me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you had Wendy's, it'd be different, but Burger King, I'm losing for So you says Burger King, Wendy's. No, Wendy's no. not one. Burger King, McDonald's. Checkers, Popeyes. Checkers, Popeyes. See, <sighs> Burger King fries aren't amazing. But I like the texture of them. They're always consistently, like, crunchy. Okay. Which I like. I like a crunchy fry. McDonald's, it's kind of dicey sometimes. 
Yeah, McDonald's is definitely not my favorite fry. But yeah, like they're they're good and they smell really good. There's just something very addictive about those fries. But like McDonald's fries, I feel like they don't always taste good, like consistently. Like it depends on when you go and which McDonald's you go to because you'll get some that are just like mad soggy, don't really have that crisp that you need. Then you'll get some that you can tell are old and have been sitting there for a while. Yeah, like maybe McDonald's might be my loser. McDonald's might be a loser for me. I'm trying to think. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's between those two, McDonald's and Burger King. Yeah, it's, I feel the same way. It's between both of those. Um, yeah. Like yeah. In, in terms of I'm like, not, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of McDonald's. And yeah. Plus, it's like, are those really potatoes? That's that's also the real gag. That's why. Well, the McDonald's might be lower just because of the fact that they don't expire. Yeah. <laughs> just because they don't expire, I think they'll they'll get lower on my list. Facts. <laughs> when I was in college, my first semester, I did like a learning community thing, and for people who aren't in the higher ed world who that means nothing to. Basically, a learning community is like when they combine like two or three classes um, from different subject areas under like a common theme. So, for example, you might do like a, excuse me, like English and psychology learning community and the reading materials that you um, do in the English class will be related to like literature with people with like mental health disorders um, that you'll be learning about in the psychology class. So you're seeing it like played out in action. So right. basically I did a learning community when I was in a, a freshman and it was an English class, an anthropology class and a was it political science. Yeah, it was something like that. And basically the theme of it was about consumption and so we were doing the anthropology class looking at um, consumption in, like, consumption of food specifically in um, different societies. Okay. And how, you know, like, in some societies, like, consuming a lot of food and being fat is considered beautiful. Yeah. Where in others it's not. And mm -hmm. then I think we tied in the... I think it was the economics class that was part of it. So we tied in the consumption to, like, economics and what that looks like in a society. And then the English class, the professor had us watch... Um, what was that thing? Morgan Spurlock. Uh, he put out a documentary. I think it's called Supersize Me. Yeah. Came out a while ago, mm -hmm. and I watched it. Easily one of the grossest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it didn't stop me from eating McDonald's because, you know, no, here I am. It did not. I, I didn't need that commentary from you. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it was gross, and it should have grossed me out and stopped me from eating McDonald's then. But I remember watching it and seeing, like, excuse me, in the documentary how the McDonald's just, like, last and last and last i'm just like i don't think this is safe guys i don't think i don't think we should be eating this guys but i still i still um patronize their establishment from time to time but getting back to fries if i had to go based on what i think is actual potatoes um mcdonald's i would have to cut okay if I was going based on taste alone, I'd have to cut uh, Burger King. Okay. Because Burger King fries, to me, they aren't seasoned enough. They don't have enough flavor on their own to where I could eat them without ketchup. Okay. Like Burger King fries, I feel like I have to have ketchup with them. McDonald's fries, Popeye's, Checkers, I could eat without ketchup. I don't need it. What about you, sir? For Love It? Uh-huh. For Love It for me is Checkers. Checkers. I know. I know. You love you love you some checkers. Them fries. Are, I, well, I try not to eat checkers too much because checkers will kill you. Oh, for sure. It checkers will, is heart attack. It season. will. It will kill you. When you drive up to the drive, you be smelling all the oil and just the just the artery clogging 
uh, things that they have going on over there. But my God, if it ain't good. <laughs> my God, if it ain't good. Like, yeah. I feel like legit, like, Checkers is where I draw the line on fast food. Like, I'm like, I just be going to Checkers and feeling like, you know what? Yeah, you, I'm going to give myself a heart you, attack. You, you just you just feel like less. <laughs> you just feel like you're going to die. Right. Like, whenever you be like, want to go to Checkers, I'm like, I want to live, though. Yeah. And I don't yeah. I don't feel like Checkers is contributing. No, it does not. To me living. It does it not. Just, nope. Like, I feel somehow better about going to, like, a McDonald's or a Burger King somehow. Like, in my mind. Like, I feel like when I get there, it don't smell like straight grease and just, like, <laughs> like, Checkers just smells like straight up grease, oil, fat. Like it mm-hmm. just it just smells like it's bad. For no, me. it's it's terrible for you. It smells it's and it's and the restaurant smells like it. That's my problem. At least McDonald's and Burger King, I kind of get like a gen a generic like fry smell. You know, it's whatever. It's fries. It smells like fries. Checkers smells like all the grease that they've cooked everything in the fries, the burgers, the chicken. Yeah. Like just it I smells mean, unhealthy. It's like the seasoning. Yeah, I can't take it. It's too much. Mm. My favorite fries out of these four are Popeyes. Popeye's fries are just perfection to me. They're okay. Okay, whatever. They have crunch. <laughs> <laughs> they have crunch. They have a little bit of like seasoning on them. Like they're just right. Like they're good enough to eat without um without uh ketchup. They're okay. they're similar to Checkers fries to me. But I feel like Checkers fi- fries have a little bit more of like a peppery like seasoning to them. Which uh, which like. you like. Yeah. And my thing with checkers fries, I think my problem, they're not bad, but I always feel like my stomach is like doing backflips after no, I eat checkers fries. It is it is not for the for the healthy. No, like every time I eat checkers fries, I'd be like, oh God. Anything anything checkers related, you should probably go exercise after. Or like, you know, throw up or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm not encouraging or advocating for bulimia, but like honestly, whenever I eat checkers, Nine times out of ten, I feel like I should probably throw this up and just get it out of my body, like now. Yeah, it's it's not safe. There's nothing healthy about it. It there isn't nothing. But bet money, we probably gonna be back there sometime this month. Like oh, checkers, checkers, let's go. Let's let's do better. Let's 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 collectively. Yes, as a unit, you yes. and me together. Better. Let's do better. Let's do better for sure. Word. But yes, Popeyes are my favorite fries. Popeyes is probably one of my favorite fast food places in general. Um, Mark never wants to go there, never. which is which is fine. Um, <laughs> so I think I think that's what keeps Popeyes in the running for me as well is because I don't eat it that often because Mark never wants to go there. He never <laughs> he never wants food from there. And honestly, like when you live on Long Island, like Popeyes is not like convenient to get to. Like you got to go out of your way to go to a Popeyes out here to me. Because the closest one to me is still, like, a smooth, what, seven, eight minutes from the house? Driving. Driving? Yeah. In that time, I could have already hit Burger King and Wendy's and, and KFC, which is nasty, by the way. And um, what's that other place? Or, um, or just made food at home. Or just made food at home. All that, all that is mm-hmm. correct. Um, but, yeah, Popeye's fries are my fave. They're delicious. They're perfection. Even when I go in there and they'd be like, what side order do you want? And I'd be like, I should get red beans and rice. And then I see the fries and I'm like, mm, I'll take the fries. They're so good. You're, and they're never you're, like. You're a fry person in general. I am a fry person. I am. I do enjoy a fry. I, a I'll, good I'll one. Choose, I'll choose other things, but you, you, will, you will choose a fry. Every time. And I'll just be like, why am I even eating this? But, you know. <laughs> like, you, you're like, uh, I'll choose a fry. It's easy. It's almost It almost never goes wrong. Okay. Fries yeah. are always a safe choice. That's. Usually, they're usually a safe choice. <laughs> there are the off moments where they aren't great, but for the most part, mm-hmm. they're the safe choice okay. when done well. Very few times have I had fries that were just like atrocious. Word. Or in or impossible to remedy. So, yeah. 
All right. Hope you guys will uh, comment uh, and stuff where you listen and send us messages and stuff like that, letting us know what your thoughts were about the fries. Please comment. Please like and subscribe to our podcast. All that jazz. All that jazz. Um, And if there were some others that you liked that we didn't think about, uh, let us know. Word. Word to Big Bird. Um, So... Our main topic today, um, we're going to focus on the five love languages. And I'm sure most people have heard of this. Um, this is based on a book written by a gentleman named Gary Chapman. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about these love languages. And basically, they relate to the way that we receive love from others and the way we also give love to others. So um, we're going to talk about that today because um, Mark and I did it. When we were dating slash engaged, mm-hmm. I can't remember at what point. It was, our, it was dating. Yeah, I don't think we we're engaged yet. But yeah, we did it, it as part of a, I think it was part, was it part of a Bible study or something? Maybe. Yeah. 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 I think it was part of a Bible study with our young adult group. And so um, we had the book, we read it, we discussed it. And I think we also did the um, love languages uh, assessment, um, the both of us. And um the reason I want to talk about it today is because I feel like it's really, really important to um, relationships, both um, romantic and otherwise, to kind of understand the ways that you receive love from people and the ways that you give love to people. Because I think it's important to know those those things about oneself, because you might be thinking that you the way you're showing love is being communicated to your partner in the way that you want it to, when maybe... They want they receive love in a different way. So what you're doing is not effective. Correct. So um, you, you could be doing something saying this is how I'm showing love, but if they don't receive it that way, they might not think you you're loving them the right way. Right. Right. And you have to figure out what their love language is as long as as well as yours. Exactly. So that you can communicate effectively. That is correct. So. There are five love languages, and I will read um, a little bit what the languages are, and then Mark and I will talk about our scores. So there are five love languages. The love languages are receiving gifts, quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch. Is that it? Yep. Yeah. Those are the main, those are the five main love languages. Um I'm going to give as basic a breakdown as I possibly can. So if you're uh, receiving gifts, love language, basically you feel loved when you receive a gift from someone. And it can be like a really big gift for like an anniversary or a birthday, or it can just be a just because uh, where you just got like some flowers or something like that. Like you really, you feel loved when someone gives you gift or you feel love by giving gifts. You show love by giving gifts to someone. This doesn't mean... That you are someone who's materialistic. To, yeah, it doesn't mean that at all. It just means that you feel like in your mind when someone sacrifices their money or their time or, or their effort or whatever effort to do something for you and give you something, you just receive love that way. Right. You appreciate the thought that's put into correct the getting gift. you said gift. Correct. Um, quality time. It, um, before oh. you continue, um, the the key thing is saying they want to see a visual representation of love. Yes. And that visual representation is the gift. Right. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, a bracelet or a necklace or something crazy. It can just be, oh, you know, I know you like Snickers bars, for example. And your partner just goes out and buys you like 
a 12 pack of Snickers and it's like, here, I was thinking about you. Correct. This is for you. That that can be a gift um, receipt of um, love. Um, the other one of the other ones is quality time. And basically that one's sort of, you know, self-explanatory. Um People that receive love via quality time really enjoy spending alone time with their partner, um, having their full undivided attention. There's no phones, no TV, no nothing um, distracting. They're just spending quality one-on-one time with their partner. So if um, plans get postponed or canceled or they feel like they're not being listened to, they can be very hurt um, if quality time is their um, way that they receive love. Yeah, just time to just... It could just be time just to talk. Right. It could just be time just be be there while, just be present. Yes. <laughs> just um, being available at that time. Yeah. Um, the other one is words of affirmation. Um, unsolicited compliments basically uh, mean the world to someone that um, words of affirmation is their um, or one of their primary love languages. So somebody saying, hey, that's a nice jacket. Hey, your hair looks nice. Hey, you know, you're great. You can do this. Like that type of positive affirmation, um, that is what's considered words of affirmation um, in the love language type of form. And some people can receive love that way and give love to others that way. Word. Um, the other one is physical touch. Um, and this is not necessarily about um, sexual intercourse and intimacy. No. Um, a person that in whose primary love language is physical touch, they love to hold hands. They love to hug. They love, you know, just being physically close to um, one another. That's that's their way of showing love. So, you know, that person that comes and hugs you all the time or that wants to hold your hand or that wants to, you know, give you a kiss on the cheek or a pat on the back, like that might be their way of showing love. Um, um, what, what I have here, it says physical presence and accessibility are crucial, while neglect or abuse can be unforgivable and destructive. Yes. Physical touch fosters a sense of security and belonging in any relationship. Yeah, yeah. And the fifth and final one um, is acts of service. Um, So that basically centers around a person is showing love by doing a chore around the house or doing something for you to take some of the load off of your plate. So, like, let's say, you know... You're, you need to do, like, you need to do the vacuuming, you need to do the laundry, you need to wash the dishes. And your partner says, you know what, I'll take washing the dishes off your hands so that you can have more time to yourself or whatever the case may be. That's an act of service, and that's the person showing you their love that way. Um, yeah, so it says um, laziness, broken commitments, and making more work for them tell speakers of this language their feelings don't matter. Yes, Finding ways to serve speaks volumes to the recipient of these acts. Yes. So these are the main five. Let me just read them again. Acts of service, physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, and receiving gifts. Those are the main five that um, George Chapman says that we utilize to show love to others. And to all, and these are also the ones that uh, apply to us when it comes to how we receive love from others. So Mark and I t- took the assessment. I think it was like 30 questions. And um, it gives you like a percentage or a score based on how you answer the questions and what your top love languages are. So do you want to tell first or do you want me to tell first? Do you want to just go from one to five or you want to go through each one and say what our number is? Um, well, I did mine on the actual love language thing. So my numbers are different from your like percentages, I guess. I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't going to do percentage. I was going to go in order. Okay. I'll, we can go in order. That's okay. So what's your number one? 
My number one is receiving gifts. Okay. That's my number one way of receiving love. Um, I love a gift. Um, I I don't know why that's my number one, but it is. I just love when I get like an unexpected thing. And like I said, it doesn't have to be big. Like it can legit be like a bunch of Skittles or or Snickers or something in a bag. And that makes me happy because I'm like, oh, someone thought of me and thought enough to take time out of their day, their schedule, their money, whatever it is to like give me something and that they knew that I would enjoy and that meant something to me. So um, receiving gifts was my number one. My number one is acts of service. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I'll, I guess we'll we'll say on on both ends. Mm-hmm. So on one end, I I show love by doing things for people. That's how I show love. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm doing other things for people. Right. And um, if someone can free up what I can do, I feel like that's how they show they care is freeing up. <laughs> when I feel like I have too many things to do. Right. It's freeing that up. I think is um a way I I receive it also. Okay. Yeah, I think, you know, I also give love to people by giving gifts. Like, I love getting gifts for people. Like, it makes me really happy to, like, get something that I know someone will like and, like, watching them open it and seeing how excited they are. Like, that makes me happy, too. So I guess that's a way I receive and a way I give. Word. Um, My number two, which was a close second, is quality time. And um, basically, I found that to be interesting because the first time I took this, um, like I said, when Mark and I were still dating, I think words of affirmation was like tied with receiving gifts. But now um, quality time is number two. And I think that has gone up the ranks a little bit because of the fact that we have gotten busier Yeah. Um, between, you know, becoming parents and, you know, working more because I think when we first started dating I was still in grad school and you were working like you weren't working like full-time hardcore like you are now so I think we had a lot more time back then when we first took this to like just hang out with one another and I think now that we're parents and we're working full-time and we've got the podcast and we've got our business and we've got this and that going on um, quality time has been uh, affected by all that we have going on in our life. And so I think now that's come up higher for me because I realize that it's not something that we have much of these days. And so we have to like work really hard to make that happen. And so I I thought that was the most interesting thing of doing this is that that jumped up so much higher because before it wasn't, it was maybe like number three or four. Um, But to me now, my second thing is just kind of interesting to me. Yeah, it's also interesting. I think that because mine's number two is quality time also. So I I think that um that's a benefit I guess when it's the same one mm-hmm. because we both spend time we both feel loved right we both spend time with each other so like that that it becomes effective of course it's not oh like it's not gonna be everything is matched up but trying to find out which some um, similarities mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. is a good way to um work on at least work on that one first because that's that'll, that'll probably be the easiest one mm-hmm. to focus on is whatever one you have the closest similarities with mm-hmm. <laughs> is the one you want to that's the easiest one to start working on I right think. right because you want to you want to once you figure out what your love languages are you want to start acting on it immediately you don't want to just do this and be like oh, okay now i know you want to start taking steps to make sure that the love you're trying to show to your partners being or your friend or whoever's being received um, the way that you're trying to give it and also that you are receiving love the way you want to receive it. So quality time is one that Mark and I both 
scored the same for ish number two. on it's number two. for number two. So I think, you know, that's like you said, that's a great place for us to start. And we do have like this app called Love Nudge. And so it like has you set up tasks and, and things to do to um, work on that particular love language. So yeah. we've got some stuff set up for quality time, which for us can really just be like just a walk by ourselves to just mm-hmm. walk and talk and, you know, catch up with each other because, you know, that's that's a hard thing to do Work. Um, these days with all we've got going on. So I'm excited to make use of that app and see what else it suggests. Because I like it because it gives you suggestions about ways to address this particular love language uh, I'm very like realistic, doable things as well. Work. What's your um number three? My number three uh, was also kind of close to uh, the quality time. Is words of affirmation. Okay. Um, I am. You know, I like to give compliments to people. Like I'm not a hater or a hollerator in the dancery by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, if I see somebody, it's give me a stranger. If I see somebody's outfit that I like or their shoes or their hair, I'm like, yes, sis, you better work that. Yes. Like, I just feel like I like to be an encourager and say positive things to people because I just feel like we have enough negative stuff going on in the world that we ingest on a regular basis. And, you know, I, I would like to think that if I can be a source of positivity with a compliment or something like that in a, in a day to someone, then, you know, I feel good about that. Um, so that's one way I definitely can say that I give love to people is to be like, yes, girl, this hair is doing it. Yes, that lipstick is it. I'll even compliment men, even though, you know, sometimes they'd be weird and think of somebody trying to talk to them. Ain't nobody checking for you. I just wanted to tell you that I thought your tie and pocket square combo looked nice. Like, it's it did. I appreciate it. I'm an yeah. appreciator of nice things. And I will tell people that I think, you know, their shoes are nice or whatever. Like, that's just who I am. And I feel like I receive love when people say positive things to me as well. Um, it makes me uncomfortable a little bit, but, like, I know that it's coming from a positive place, and so um, I I appreciate it. Yeah, um, that's true. I, I One thing I've always um, acknowledged um, was always how you're you're very quick to just compliment other people. Um, and you don't have to even be that close to that person to compliment with them, compliment what they have on and everything. So I, I've, I've always... Um, I'll do it to a complete stranger. Like, I saw yeah. a girl on the street the other day. I was like, yes, that skirt, doing it. She's like, oh, my God, thank you. I was like, yeah. yeah. That was her voice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why you can't just let me tell, tell the story and, and, and purport my narrative. I don't I'm know just what asking, what, was that the voice that she had? <sighs> it was not, but whatever. Oh, okay. My number three is physical touch, mm-hmm. which I feel like was higher before. Yeah. We used to be higher before, but it went down. Um, yeah, I, I think um, the the um, quality time and acts of service, acts of service was always high, but I think quality time went up uh-huh. for me. Um, and like like I said, I I, I enjoy like um, holding hands. Um, me too. Being like enjoy being around, just like I, I think um, any form of connection shows that you care mm-hmm. and everything. Um, I do feel sometimes like I don't think the unforgivable thing is a little harsh, but, <laughs> but <laughs> it's a little yeah, like, dramatic. It's a little dramatic. Um, <laughs> but um, I think the just, I yeah, I, I think just wanting wanting to give hugs and stuff like that. I think that's that's a way to showing to receive right love a lot of times. Um, physical touch was the fourth one for me. Um. 
I don't know if it's because of my West Indian upbringing where, like, we didn't, <laughs> like, honestly, like, I've really been trying to figure out why I'm not, like, a big, like, I'll hold hands, but I'm not with all of that. Like, Mark, uh, people who know him, or at least in his family, call Mark the human blanket. Mark is very much, like, hugger, like, he gives long hugs, and, like, they're great. I, the thing is, like, how come I don't get no credit for, like, not being that way anymore? How come I, I've been that way? <laughs> I've been that way. You're not a human blanket anymore. <laughs> That's correct. You're not a human blanket anymore. But before, <laughs> when I first started dating you, you were definitely very human blankety. Um, you've You've since evolved, which is great. Evolved? That's fine. What did you want me to say? How, how like, would you prefer that I word it? I feel that? as if that I am not a caterpillar. I just don't understand why you're being really like dramatical about this one positive moment that I'm trying to like highlight here. Continue, please. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Um, so when I first met you, you were definitely a lot more like cuddly and all that jazz. Um, for me, that's always been something that I have had a hard time with with people because I think I did not grow in a very touchy household i would say i'm probably the touchiest of my family members of my immediate family in terms of like you know i hug people and whatever but i'm not like a let's do prolonged hugs let's i don't know i have a problem with like physical like touching being too much i'm like okay i like i and i don't like like even like strangers like when we be talking about like a church when they be like hold your neighbor's hand i'm like (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't want to do this um i like, I like holding Mark's hand. I like cuddling with Mark. But it has to be, like, on my terms. Like, <laughs> like I just feel like I don't like when people, like, initiate physical touch with me that I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ask for. Um, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. Like, when people, like, hug me unexpectedly and I didn't see the hug coming, I'm just like. <sighs> it stresses me out. Like I feel like I'm only okay with physical touch when I initiate it. If I didn't initiate it, then I'm like, okay, that's that's enough of that. Thank you so much. Uh, when you say that, I know I knew it, but it, it kind of makes sense because, like, I'm not gonna say names, but like, I remember when you had a conflict with somebody and they tried to come and hug you too, like out of, out of, out of a conflict, and you were like, nah, because <laughs> like that's not how you receive love. Yeah. So you're like, you're like, like, you're not, you're not. Get away from me. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, back it up. Back it up, sis. I don't... <laughs> but like, what? That's, what? Why are you here? That's not how we're going to resolve this, by you hugging me. <laughs> you got to relax. Yeah, because that's that's not what you want. I'm I'm not with all of... I, yeah, no, no. You can... If you're trying to resolve something, don't don't try to hug. No. No. Please don't try to hug me. Like, touching is, like, off the off the table. If we have a problem, don't touch me. Like, just you just stay over there. <laughs> I'll be over here. Let's rethink perhaps a handshake once we're in a better place. But like a hug, like to me to let somebody hug me is like I have to feel like really comfortable with you and feel like the the situation is genuine. If I have like weird feelings inside of myself, you can't hug me. I don't know why. It's just the way I'm built. Uh, (laughs) And like I said, I don't know if part of it is because I grew up in like a household in a society where like, all that hugging, touching business is just not a thing that we do. And mm-hmm. I realize that being in America, I've become more huggy. But then when I go home and I be trying to hug people, people be like, uh, okay. <laughs> like now, now, like with my friends and with people I'm familiar with, like I'm, I'm always like, hey, hug, kiss on the cheek. My family in Barbados is still like, girl, what is, they, they're taken aback by me when I do that. And so that lets me know that this hugging thing is new for me still. It, it's always interesting because I realize, like, interacting with your family, you're always the, the most, like, physical. Physical and, like, one. E- even, or even, like, verbally um, 
emotional. Like you're, you're just you're more than everybody else. Yeah, and I'm just like, and I think part of that has been living here and being around different people and relaxing a lot because I didn't always used to be like this. <laughs> <laughs> I have come a long way, long, long way. But it's like, yeah, physical touch is like, yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> like you know. Like I'm cool with a cuddle, but like I don't I don't need you to be like all on me every five minutes. Like, yeah, let me breathe. Well, my my number four words of affirmation. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> it's my number four. And I'm I'm a poet, so like people are confused when I say that. And I think because I'm a poet, because like um, be, because like as as a poet, sometimes you try to find different ways to creatively say things. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying so hard to creatively say things, it sometimes takes the emotion out of yourself and it becomes more about art than actual emotion. Yeah. That it's hard for me to receive words um, sometimes because I'm not sure if it's it's art or emotion. Right. <laughs> right. And I'm, Like when someone says something, I'm not sure if they're saying it because it sounds good or if they actually mean it. So like a lot of times I don't take words well. Right. Right. I don't know where it's coming from. Right. And um, I realized that that's something that, um, like, even from when we first started talking, I realized that you were, like, very, very hesitant with using words to show love. Like, you would do your acts of service. You would do your physical touch. You would do your quality time. But words were always, like, a weird, a weird thing for you. And I think, you know, you've gotten better. But, like, even to this day when I give you a compliment, you still be kind of like, Okay. Like <laughs> you you just be like and I'm like I know that you know that I mean what I'm saying. I yeah. know that you know that I'm not just saying it to you to say it cuz I don't do that. But um you just you still even to this day if I'm like oh your hair you get a haircut you look I'm like oh look at you. Cutie patootie. Yes. Give like like you just be looking at me like okay. Like what you just did right now? Mm-hmm. That same shake your head and roll your <laughs> eyes. What you did right now? That's exactly what you do to me every time. So it makes it very hard for me <laughs> to use my words of affirmation love language with someone who just does not who does not receive that at all. I just be like, "Babe, you look or even when you like get dressed up and you look real nice, I be like, "Yeah, you look so handsome." And you just be like, "Oh my god. Can you just stop? You're making me uncomfortable." And I'm just like, "You're making me feel like a creep." But I'm just like, "But I'm not though. I'm just saying positive things about you. Why do I have to be a creep?" Yeah. I don't understand. And I don't, I don't I don't think you're a creep. I I just um it's just like I said, I I and even with myself, I have to like I don't want to I I have this worry that I'll say something and it'll sound fake. I know you'd be thinking mad hard. So like I don't, I, and I'm I'm always worried about that. Right, and I think I think you do give me words of affirmation, but I know that it is not a natural thing for you to do. So I know that it is hard. Yeah, because I gotta think mad hard to make sure that I'm saying it and what I'm saying is meaningful and like I'm not just saying it because it sounds good. Right, because I'll try. Because anytime I'm doing with words, I'm always trying to make sure it sounds a certain way, and I gotta like trick myself, like no, no, just say it. So like, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 just say it. How you think it? Just say it. How you Because if you notice, if I ever say anything to you, it's no creativity behind it. There's no metaphors, anything. Which is fine. I just need normal. Hey, those shoes are nice. That's no, what I'm gonna say is like I don't do that because all that st- all that creative stuff to me is for, for myself. I'm uh-huh. not saying very about for myself. It becomes a, a, as ungenuine because I'm trying too hard to be creative. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. And I don't and I don't think 
I don't think, yeah, that that's cool. Because I remember, like, when we first started talking, like, you would try to be really creative and crafty, and I'm just like, that's really nice, but, like, you could just use regular words. Like, regular words are fine. <laughs> they really work. I don't I don't need the, you know, simile, metaphor, onomatopoeia. I don't, I don't need all that. Like, just regular words are cool. We can, we can do that. So I think that's, that's one thing we both sort of need to work at, um, the words of affirmation. Me recognizing that while it's cool, it's not necessarily the most effective way to communicate love but you know in your heart of hearts that that's what it means but you know whatever um what's what's what is interesting is your your number one mm-hmm. and your number five is my number one number five in the opposite direction mm-hmm. that's, that's what's always interesting yeah because my number one is acts of service my number five is receiving gifts mm-hmm. You don't give a damn about a gift. I do not. (laughs) You don't. And it makes me so mad because I'm like, I get so excited about buying things for you. And I'm like, oh, Mark's going to love this. And Mark just be like, okay. Okay. Like, you appreciate it. You're not ungrateful. But it's just like. Because of the service. Right. Because I I understand. Like, I appreciate you going out and doing it for me. Mm. The actually receiving. Like, I've. (laughs) It's weird. Because I'm like. I'm happy you did all that stuff for me. Well, like, I don't need the gift, but thank you for doing all this. Like, do all the stuff and then, like, not get the gift. Is that, is that really option? <laughs> so you just want me to go to the store and just walk around and find the things and do this and do this and get the packaging and make sure it's wrapped all nice and blah, 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 blah. But the actual gift, <laughs> I, I could take or leave, honestly. <laughs> Truly, honestly. Like, it's weird that X service and receiving gifts is so separate. Fun. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, yeah. but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting, yeah. But yeah, like I said, receiving gifts and acts of service, it's, it's reverse for both of us. Because mm-hmm. even with you, you, you were saying before, acts of service, you're kind of like, you don't have to do that much. You don't. And like, like, and I, I think it's the same thing. Because I think for you, you're saying like, I can do my own things. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah I'm like, uh, like, you know, I always joke about like washing the dishes. Legitimately, part of why I do it, in addition to the fact that Mark doesn't like it, is because I know that I do it a certain way and if he's not going to do it that way then I would much rather not have him do it and so it's like it's cool if he volunteers like Mark would be like yeah I'll wash the dishes I'll be like no I'll be like I, no, I'm good I'll do it yeah. like that 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 yeah, that act of love is act of service you can you can keep that one I don't want that one I'll, I'll do it myself because even when I was answering the questions on the thing I was just like but why why would that be thrilling <laughs> why why would my partner offering to help around the house and do something why would that be helpful i don't that doesn't throw me i don't <laughs> i'm not interested in that whatsoever and but i realize that that's the way you show love so like when you do like the laundry unexpectedly or you i don't know do something around the house that you know i didn't ask you to do you just kind of do it i know that that's your like way of showing love or if you like you know drop something off at the dry cleaner or just do something like unexpected like that like I know that that's your way of showing love but it's not like my primary like okay doesn't thrill me um Mm -hmm. a gift definitely thrills me for sure gifts thrill me gifts do not thrill you yeah so we broke it all down like that just to to break it down just just like what was being said so once you understand what your partner's is then even though it might not be what you primarily use to give for love, mm-hmm. you still have to make sure to do your best to give them that love that way. And they, they use the term love tank mm-hmm. to fill their love tank, meaning like for them to feel like they're loved. Right. Because this is how they f- receive love. Right. And everything. So you have to be mindful of that. 
Right. Because you don't want to create a communication issue in your relationship because you're not um, being cognizant of your partner's love language. Like, for me, it would be ineffective for me to sit up here and buy gifts all day. Mark don't give a damn about a gift. He doesn't care. I, I care a lot about gifts. So it's like, okay, maybe, you know, I can get him the occasional gift, i.e. socks and a tie for Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's looking real slim, buddy. But, you know, I also have to recognize that maybe what's more important to him is that we spend quality time. Or maybe I enact an act of service. I do something for him that, you know, takes the load off of his plate. It could be something as simple as... You know, checking the business emails and giving him a breakdown of what's happening in there. He'll receive that as love more than any tie or sneaker or anything that I buy. And so it's like I have to make a conscious effort to to do that because that's 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 the way he will feel loved by me. Even though he already knows that I love him and all that jazz, doing something like that reinforces that I love him in a way that he can understand and receive and be happy about. Yeah, and like we have to be mindful of um, what that is, because like what what I've done is I've I've seen before you'll have like two people who um, like their love languages don't really match up, and we, and it becomes a concern. So, for instance, um, I, I I know two people. Basically, one person their love language is like I, they haven't done the test, but I can tell that their love language is clearly. Words of affirmation, <laughs> like they they enjoy getting positive words, affirmations, um, words of affirmation, everything like that. But their partner does not give that to them. <laughs> so, and like, and and like sometimes I'm like, what, just 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 compliment them, just tell them <laughs> and everything. But they, they they refuse to give the words of affirmation. <laughs> right. It's like if all you just did was just tell them, hey. That looks really nice. I like that outfit. Whatever it is, what you, what you did was good. Like, like, the, 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 like you, you can clearly tell that their their need is words of affirmation. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like just give it to them. Just, just give it to them. <laughs> why, why, why refuse it? Right. Like all this other stuff is like they're not they're not connecting the dots on on this thing being being the way you show love because you know whatever. But on the flip side, the other person, their main thing is quality time. Right, and they're, they're, that's what they want. They want quality time more than anything else. Right, <laughs> and like it, it, and like and so like those two, if if they don't recognize it and try to go hard to do that, then the other person feels like they're not listening to them. They're not doing anything that they love. And right, like, it's like oh, they they must not care about me. Right, and, and it's which, like, which is not true. It's just how because what I realized is the person who um who what's the quality time they keep receiving acts of service right but that's not what they want right and everything receive acts of service so in their mind they're like oh the person doesn't care but the person who's um giving acts of service is like but but i'm doing all this stuff for you i don't understand why you, why would you think i don't care about you all the stuff i'm doing because right. that's not filling their love tank <laughs> right because right. they're not giving them what they're looking for right right and you know it's like I don't think you are you are who you are. So it's not like you can adjust your love language and the way you receive love to accommodate whoever you're dating or dealing with or whatever the case is. But I think that you do have to sort of 
if you know that your partner receives love's X, Y, Z way, and that's not the way you give it, you need to adjust yourself. How you give. How you give. Correct. Not saying that this becomes your permanent thing, but like as you're learning your partner, you're learning what they like and what they don't like and what they want and what they don't want, you know, to avoid a lot of communication mishaps and, bless you, potential arguments as a result of the love language is not translating. Perhaps you need to... uh Adjust the way you do things and not do it as a, you know, this person's trying to, you know, control what I do or blah, 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 blah. But just as a, hey, this makes this person happy, even if this isn't the thing that I'm necessarily most skilled at or comfortable doing, um, because I know that this is what makes this person happy. Correct. Because it's like you, 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 you don't want to you know, find yourself in a situation where you're like having conflicts because you aren't communicating your love to one another in the right way. And I think that that's something we have to uh, really pay attention to, like from the jump when it comes to dating, because I don't think it's something a lot of us think about. And, um, you know, it, it creates like I know of someone who is like, you know, just recently started dating someone and, you know, just trying to communicate and figure out like what the how the people receive love it's like very very different um and because it's so different and I don't think they've done this love languages thing yet but maybe I'll suggest it um I think you know the 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 ways that they show and receive love to each other like it's getting caught in the in the crossfire somehow when things are being misconstrued and blah, 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 when it's really not even all of that. So I, I would recommend this love language thing to any and everybody. And like I said, you know, at the beginning, when we first did this, the scoring um, in some ways is like really much the same. And then in others, it's different over time. So I'd like to do this again in like another five years and see like, where we are. Where we are. And, and, and what we're looking at, yeah. Yeah, because this isn't a static thing. Like, the love languages themselves may be static. But as you grow and develop as a person, your things may change. Who knows? Five years from now, I might be more into physical touch. Very unlikely, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I mean, it's been 33 years. I'm still not into it. But, you know, anything can happen. Um but, yeah, I definitely would like to see because, like, seeing the quality time go up so much higher really made me, you know, have to stop and reflect and be like, well, why is it higher? Why does it matter so much more to me now? And so now I'm like, OK, I have to take steps to to nurture this and make this more um, more a part of our relationship that I pay attention to on a regular basis. Yeah. And like I said, um, they're not a sponsor, but um, use Love Nudge. Yeah. Love nudge is good because, like, like I said, you can add different goals of different things you can do mm -hmm. to um, help enhance whatever their love language is. Um, you can add different goals and th different things based on their love language to help help that out. It's just, it, it's a good tool to use. Yeah. It's just a tool. Of course, it's not not cut and dry. It's not going to be solve all relationship problems. Oh no, not at all. But it's a, it's it's a good tool to use. I think you should always try to figure out what different tools you can use. To help yeah. make your relationship better. Yeah, like Mark's thing is his top love language is acts of service. And so it gives me um, things that I can do to um, make him um, to make him happy, 
so to speak, in that area. So, you know, it's telling me I can, like, vacuum the floor or, you know, I can do laundry or just something really, you know, simple and and, um, small that you can do to sort of get the ball rolling and get your partner to feel that they are loved, being loved the right way um, by you. Um, And you can, like, update them every week, every day, however you kind of want to address it. But it does give you um, a lot of different options to play with um, in that that app. Because sometimes you might be like, well, where do I start? What do I do um, to, to get this to get this thing off the ground. And I like that it gives you like very specific instructions about uh, things you can do. Word. And you can put it on the thing and you can track it on the app together. And, you know, it gives you like some accountability. Uh, like, okay, did we try to work on this particular thing today? Did we, you know, whatever, whatever. Did we take the walk we said we were going to take to increase our quality time situation? So I think... Uh, I think it's great. It's worthwhile. How did you find this love nudge thing? I don't know. I think it randomly popped up. You know, random ads that be popping up. Mm-hmm. I think I saw it. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. Let's check it out. Okay. And it, it, seemed, it seemed cool. Because I never heard of it before. I didn't even know it was a thing until you me, like me brought neither. it up. I was like, oh, this this seems interesting. <laughs> like, sign me up. Yeah. So we'll keep you updated with this if anything, um, anything once in a while. But yeah. Um, try that out. Yeah. Anything else on this topic? Um, no. I know a lot of people, you know, kind of don't take stock in these things. And, you know, it's up to you to, you know, do whatever you want. But I personally think it's really been very helpful to us as uh, people um, in a relationship and, you know, even working towards marriage and being married now. I do think that it, it has really um, shaped the way we think about um our relationship and about how we um, interact with one another. So I am very happy about it. I like it very much and feel like it's applicable. So, yeah. Um, So now let's move on to our next um, topic of discussion. Music spotlight. Music spotlight. Oh, we want to talk about that now? Okay, cool. Um, so, um, in the interest of not being sued for racks, um, (laughs) because I don't have racks, sis, um, don't have it, sorry. Um, we have, uh, taken a step back from, like, actually playing music on the pod. Word. Um, because, you know, ain't nobody trying to get sued. Um, and we live in a very litigious society. So, um... And I think in our first two episodes, we did more of like a talk about um, some of the artists. So I think we'll do that momentarily. Um, so one artist that I genuinely enjoy and recently got put on to within, I guess, the last year is uh, a young man from East Atlanta by the name of Black. Six uh, Black. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, he spells his name like the letters. Oh, Jesus. The, the letter six. Don't judge me. The number six and the word lack. Um, Some people say six lack, like Mark did, (laughs) but it's pronounced black. It's black, yeah. He's a rapper and a singer. Um, I think he used to be like a battle rapper way back when. (laughs) Funny thing. I was looking at that. He was a battle rapper when he was in middle school. 
Um, he said he battled Young Thug, which sounds like a great battle that I definitely want to see on YouTube. Well, how can you figure <laughs> out what Young Thug is saying? We I, talked about this I a just, couple weeks ago. No one's just, still no one knows what he says. Can someone videotape that battle? Whoever has that type that battle videotape, please send it to me. YouTube, y'all got it. Because that sounds hilarious. It's well, maybe Young Thug spoke <laughs> more clearly back then. Who knows? I don't know what he's what words he says. I don't know. I don't, I still don't know. I told y'all I was at that concert and I felt like my ears just decided they weren't playing anymore. Because, <laughs> like, I legit stood there for 45 minutes, like, what's happening, everybody? Yeah. Everybody, it seemed like everybody in the room knew but me what was happening. I was a little perplexed. Word. Perplexed. But, um, yeah, he's a better rapper, but he's a great, he has great songs. Yeah, like, he does a little bit of rap and singing in his, he's kind of like Tory Lanez, but better. Okay. Yeah. I'll take that. And, I mean, I think Tory Lanez is great. I just. I've I, never been, like, on the Tory Lanez train right like i enjoy what he does but i just feel like he's too all over the place and like i don't feel like he gives me a lot of cohesive and i hate to use that word but i don't feel like he gives me a lot of like cohesive content in terms of projects and stuff like that like i feel like he hops here and does a single singles and maybe he's a single artist as opposed to like a album artist but whatever um but i feel like black gives me like a combination of like rap and like singing which makes me happy i think Tory Lane is too polished maybe that's what it is Maybe. Maybe it's just too polished and I can't, it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't work with me. That's possible. That's possible. I just don't know. There's something about Tory Lanez that I want to click but just doesn't for some reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Black kind of steps in and takes over where I want Tory Lanez to sort of fall into. Um, yeah, but Black is like really great. His music is good. Um, most people probably know the song Problems. Um, that he put out back in, I think it was like 2016 or something like that. And he's since put out two albums, Free Black, which came out in 2016, and East Atlanta Love Letter that came out last year. Um, I will say that I think I like Free Black better than East Atlanta Love Letter, um, just as a album flow and in terms of songs um, on the album, I think I like that better. But I do enjoy them both. Like, he just has like a real, like, cool that cool vibe when you listen to his music, like, it's just, like, real relaxing, real cool. Um, Some people might have seen him. He did, like, a, a freestyle last year. Um, It was all over the Internet. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was, too. Um, it was, like, a popular... Um, it might have been uh, Coffee Bean, I think, was the name of the freestyle. Like, he was, it was just him sitting in, like, a room somewhere freestyling. It was great. Um, but he does a lot more, I think, singing and stuff on his uh, on his albums. He has a song with um, Offset uh, or whatever his name is. Um, whatever his name. <laughs> I don't see it for the Migos. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I just <laughs> I don't get it. I'm still I'm trying to figure out how they've become like the biggest group in the world, right? Like I just don't. Nobody knows. I don't see it. Like no, nobody knows. Like I I I I don't I don't see it. Like I'm very, very genuinely confused about them. Like I don't like I like them. I just don't know that I am on board with the hype around them and how you know how how big they've gotten. But you know, kudos to the gentleman. I'm not gonna hate. On the, on the um, flip side, um, Black is also part of a collective called Spillage Village. Okay, tell me more. Spillage Village. Um, via Wikipedia, is <laughs> an American musical collective from Atlanta, Georgia. The group is composed of rappers, singers, and producers, and was founded by Earth Gang members Dr. Dot and Johnny Venus. Um, this is an important line right here. It says, 
Spillage Village began its collaboration in the early 2010s at Hampton University. H-U? Because it's important. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> of course, Mark would zero in on the H-U and be like, tell me more. It says the group was originally founded by Johnny Venus and Dr. Dot of Earth Gang, who recruited rapper J.I.D. from okay. um, Dreamville mm-hmm. to the group during their time at Hampton University. Oh. Hampton University. H-U? Yes, H-U. Correct. Pretty excited. Yeah, I know you are. Yes. I know that you are. And apparently, um, I guess Black used to live at Earth Gang's house. Oh, what is it? But everybody used to live at everybody's house back in the day. <laughs> like, I legit, like, that's like the hip-hop story, like, across the board. Like, somebody has lived at somebody's house at some point, and that's how they're all, like, yeah, cause good like, friends now. I think people would be thinking, like, it'd be some deep stuff. People would be like, nah, the dude's around the corner. And I'm like, yo, want to come write some words? Come write some words. Yeah. And then you were signed. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be mad random. That's what, that's what I said. Luck is a combination of hard work meets opportunity. Yeah. And sometimes the opportunity comes randomly. Right. Because I think, like, I was reading um Timbaland's book, like, a couple years ago, and he was talking about how, like... You said that name weird, but go ahead. T- Timbaland? It, it, it sounds weird when you say it. How, how am I supposed to say it? I think, I think the land part is throwing me off. Timbaland? Is that yeah. better? Okay. <laughs> I was like, mm. <laughs> Timbaland. Shut up. You always talk about how I pronounce things. Um, but I was reading his uh, memoir a couple of years ago, and he was talking about how I think, like, he was either, like, sleeping on Missy Elliott's couch or in some house with, like, Missy Elliott and um, Jodeci and them. Like, I was just like, so it was just a bunch of people in a house just, like, living there. Just talented people. Just yep. talented people just living in, like, one random house somewhere in Virginia Beach. I was like, okay. Word. So it seems like this is really, like, a thing of people, creatives just living in a house and doing that whole doing creative, creative, things. creative things jazz. But, um, yeah, Black is pretty cool. Um, you know, check out his music. Uh, I definitely would say the Problem song is really cool. Um, I also like um, his song Disconnect. I think it's on the East Atlanta Love Letter song. Um, he also has Pretty Little Fears with J. Cole that I enjoy a lot. Word. Um, Balenciaga Challenge is the one I was talking about with Offset. Um, there's something about it, the way it opens. It gives me a lot of life. Scripture from that East Atlanta Love Letter I also like a lot. And then um, from Free Black, I think. My favorites are um, Learn Ya, Free, and um, Worth Luck. I think those three I enjoy a lot. But he's definitely uh, worth uh, li- getting a listen on. Like, the albums are smooth. You'll enjoy it. Um, he was touring. I think I missed him, like, back in November. He was, like, in New York. But he's he's out here in these streets touring. I'm I'm interested to see, like, what he does next. But, um, yeah, I, I would definitely highly recommend his music. It's, like, smooth R&B. Like, it's that, like, Bryson Tillerish like, hip rap, hip-hop rap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying it like that. It sounds really funny to me. Um, but it's, like, that R&B, hip-hop, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, fusion situation okay. that, that I think he does well. Okay. So check out the homie Black, also known as Six Lack. Um, um, also, just an FYI, if you make music or you know somebody who makes music, they can send it to us with with 
permission. <laughs> yes. Because like we, we want to make sure that we get permission from the artists before we play any music. So if you know anybody who wants music and you think they might be a good person for our artist spotlight, uh, you can send them over. Our email once again is all love no fear pcast at gmail dot com. Word. Um. Yeah. Just um. Send it over. Uh, we're looking for mostly um some kind of positivity in the music. Yes. And the edited version would be fantastic. Right. Cause you know. No. no trying trying to bleep stuff out after the fact is not a thrill. Let me tell you. Yeah. So, edited version. Um. But more inspirational music would be ideal. Word to Big Bird. So okay. I'm over here looking at uh, Black's next couple of tour dates. So he's all over the world. He's going to Indonesia. He's going to be in Canada, Malaysia, Portugal. But he, Germany, looks like he's doing a couple stops in Atlanta and uh, Chicago. Um, the Atlanta date is, what is this? The Atlanta date is uh, September 9th, no, September 14th to 15th. And then the Chicago is, when is that? Um, Chicago, Illinois, August 1st through August 4th. I guess Lollapalooza is in Chicago, so he's going to be one of the featured artists at that. Word. We won't be around, but you know. But this Lollapalooza looks lit, though, for 2019. (laughs) I just clicked on the thing, so it's Lil Wayne, Ariana Grande, 21 Pilots, Childish Gambino, Chainsmokers, Hozier, Death Cab for Cutie, Six Lack, obviously. Six Lack. Um, Janelle Monae. Uh, Meek Mill is supposed to be there. Um, we might have to slide through to Chicago for a second, see what the girls is doing. No, we can't slide through to Chicago and see what the girls is doing. Well, it's fine. You a hater. <laughs> you a hater and a hollerator in the dancery. But, you know, it's whatever. This does look like a lot of fun, though. Like, I want to go to one of these, like, festivals with, like, all these artists. Ooh, her is going to be there, too. I want to go to one of these festivals with one of these artists. Maybe next year we should hit a Roots Picnic. Because I feel like that's a realistic festival to that, go to. That is the one that I might go to. Every other festival, I'm like... Yeah, I'm like, Roots Picnic seems... And Philadelphia is right there. Like, we've done day trips to Philly before. Roots Picnic seems like the least annoying. The least ghetto. least annoying. least annoying in terms of... Um, well, it's no fire festival, but you know that didn't happen. Roots festival that's happens. Right. Roots picnic happens. It seems like the most least annoying in terms of the people that would be there, the music that would be playing, the artists that would they would have up there. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just seems least annoying in terms of that. <laughs> I feel like I would appreciate the artists. I would appreciate the people who are there. Mm-hmm. Who appreciate the artists. Like that's why I said that that should be cool. Okay, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. We should definitely try to make that happen. I feel like I never know when the Roots Picnic is happening. And then I find out the week of that the Roots Picnic is happening. Obviously, there's not a ticket in sight. Nope. By the time I figure it out. So I'm like, maybe I need to put my ear closer to the streets get, this get, time. Got to um, follow um, Questlove. He, he probably posts it up. And you know if um, What's-His-Name has something in the water again. Like, there are three festivals I'm trying to make happen in 2020, God willing. Roots Picnic, Dreamville, and something in the water if Pharrell does it again. Because something in the water looked litty this year. <laughs> and I think someone someone we know went. Because I was on Instagram looking at all the pictures like, hmm, wish I could have been there. That's fine. But I guess I'll never know. Mm. Oh, you got to do Afropunk one year. Well, see, I heard the streets tell me the Afropunk ain't really that black no more. Oh, that's that's distressing. And by the streets, I mean like articles on the internet, but you know. Oh, yeah. but let's, I'll 
consult the people I actually know. Yeah, because somebody that I think was either trying to be a performer or a vendor or something was talking about how the the fest and they had some back and forth with the the organizers or whoever, and it was like, yeah. These these white people they're coming and they're like taking over our Afropunk and we don't even know we just hear the name Afropunk and think it's still for us by us and it's really not. I have to find it, but I read it like a couple of months ago. I was like, okay, that's one article. I'll I'll consult. No, for sure. But I just was like, but the 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 comments under the article was like, yeah, it's been going that way for a while. Like so, I just was like, okay, so there's some 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 agreeance with this. I'll, I'll look it up. Statement. Yeah, look it up. I'm not saying, you know, believe me, you know. I'm not saying that. Like, you know, do your research. Do your research. Yeah. But I'm just saying I remember reading this thing, like, a while back and being like, oh, okay. Word. Yeah. All right. Um, we're going to go right into the next topic. Okay. What else do you want to talk about? What's on the, what else is on the docket? Um, do you want to do the unspoken communications or you want to go right into the when they see us? Let's start with the unspoken communications. Okay. Because um, I think that will be a good segue into... Um, when they say yes. So um, one of the people who, one of our listeners brought this up uh, as a, you know, in discussion. And it was talking about, you know, this unspoken communication between black people. And, you know, I thought it was funny because it's definitely very true um, that black people have their own mode of communication. Um, and we can do it with any other black person, regardless of country of origin, um, actually knowing them or not. We can do it. So it's like (laughs) one example I always like to give is like when you're like out somewhere and there's a kid acting up, look around the room at any black person and you make eye contact with that black person and they have the same facial expression. Is somebody going to get the skid or like is what 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 all is happening here? Like we all universally speak that same. If somebody don't get this kid like (laughs) language and it don't matter whether it's a black kid, a white kid, a green kid, a yellow kid. We just be like, is somebody going to. Get little homie or <laughs> or is we just going to have to sit here and watch and tear this people place up. So it's just like it's very interesting to me that we have. And I don't know if other people have this amongst themselves. I'm black. I can only speak for the blacks. Um, we but we definitely have this like way of communicating with one another verbally and non-verbally. That's like hilarious to me. Um, at the same time, like I saw I've, I'm sure some of you have seen this, this meme um, where it says like you good can mean like. A thousand different things in New York, like yeah. depending on how it's said, who says it, the tone in which it's said. Like yeah, you good got like ten minutes. Yeah, you good, you good, you mm-hmm. good, <laughs> right? You good, you yeah. good. Yeah, it's right. just it's different things. Yeah, it's just like and and to somebody hearing that they don't know what that means, they don't know how to take it if they're not of the community and have a clear understanding about it. It's like there's so many things about like how black people communicate that is just so unique to us um as people and um in in thinking about that um you know we we have to as people be more intentional about being present in situations where our words are being used or interpreted by somebody who isn't us and doesn't get it um, and what kind of brought this to mind for me was the When They See Us um, documentary slash miniseries situation. I guess it's more of a miniseries yeah. um, that um, was shot by Avery DuVernay that's on Netflix that people have been talking about for like the last week or two. So last week we had mentioned that we hadn't seen it yet, but we plan to watch it this week. Um, and we did. Um, so preliminary, I will say... Um, I get why people were like, I can't watch this. This is too much for me. Um, 
I was watching it and there were moments where I kind of got like annoyed and upset. But a part of me was also like, I don't know if I'm jaded or if I'm just like, okay. But like the narrative is so common. Like we've seen so many versions of this happen with black people and black men in particular over and over and over again that I was just kind of watching it like, all right, sis. Especially in Harlem and Brooklyn specifically. Yeah. Like I I just kind of was like, all right. And the reason the whole language and communication between black people thing um, came up is because um, in the doc, in the miniseries, um, the kids say the word wildin'. And, you know, if you're a New Yorker specifically, then you know what wildin' means. You know, it means, you know, you just out here just acting up like, you know, going going wild, having a blast, but not like harmful in a sense. Like some people will say something like, yo, they talking, they talking, somebody be like, yo, you wildin', man, you wildin'. Why you saying that? Why you talking like that? Like we know what that means. In the documentary, not the documentary, I keep saying documentary, in the miniseries, um, the kids give statements or something like that. And the prosecutor lady, who is now who is now being fired unceremoniously from several locations, look at God, won't he do it? Um, she took the word wilding and used it to, like, create this narrative that the that the Central Park Five boys were some type of animals. Yeah, the, the, the wilding boys. The wilding boys. She was like, they were wilding. They were wilding. So first of all, I want to fight the television because I'm like, <laughs> lady, that is not how you say that, first of all. Second of all, I don't like the way that you're trying to make it this thing. Uh, uh, of making them seem like animals and like out of control and whatever, whatever. And so I was just like, you know, we have to, we as people of color, not people of color, we as black people have to start making ourselves more visible and more present in spaces where our language is being discussed. Because especially in the legal system, there is a challenge with people willfully choosing to act like they don't understand what our language means and and using it against us. Like I read an article this week uh, where they were talking about a guy was locked up and he basically was in the interrogation room saying like, I want a lawyer dog. I want a lawyer dog. We know what that means. He's using dog to refer to the person because, you know, some of us use dog, John, fam. We, we have various interpretations of those words when it comes to referring to another person. The argument that the prosecution is trying to make is that he asked for a lawyer dog, like a dog that barks. Like we know good and well that that's not what he's asking for. But they're trying to say that the justification for why he was questioned without a lawyer is because he didn't ask for a lawyer, but he asked for a lawyer dog. So a dog that's a lawyer that barks. And, you know, stuff like that infuriates me because people will take and twist the things that we say and the language that's... um inherent to us and natural to us and try to other us and 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 disenfranchise disenfranchise us even more than we already are and you know seeing it play out in the uh miniseries just <sighs> tickled like triggered me to no end and, and and made me really be like you know we need some linguists in our in our mix in the legal system to let people know our words are real they mean things they matter and you can't twist them to fit an agenda yeah, um, one of my good friends, Kimberly Baxter. She's actually a, hey Kim. she's actually a linguist. Um, she got her masters, masters in linguistics, and I think she's working on her PhD. Yeah, so she, like, I remember her speaking about it, and like, it threw me off, and it kind of plays into this where she was saying how people have 
there's not there's hardly no research and no papers speaking on linguistics in terms of the black vernacular or ebonics and everything and how that plays into extended sentences mm-hmm. how that plays into um convictions how it plays into certain things for so long there's no there's not enough research when she was trying to do a dissertation <laughs> she only found like two papers on it though so her goal is to find more dissertations and about that to kind of understand that because like she she gave a scenario where um so it's, uh, a kid goes in for his sentencing and um and was like the sentencing was like and they have to show remorse the more remorse they show the least sentences they get and i think the kid used the term like yeah we good mm-hmm. um as as a way of showing remorse and like the judge was like oh they're not being remorseful at all <laughs> because of what they were saying and like she had to go in and like no you're not understanding like based off of um how he talks usually that is his, him showing remorse. That is a remorseful way of showing it. That is not a, him trying to not show remorse. Mm-hmm. And so, like, small things like that can kind of affect someone f- fully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, their livelihood and everything like that. Just small things like linguistics. When we talk about representation, when we talk about representation, what, what representation matters. Representation Representation matters does not mean... I need to represent myself in this field so white people can see me. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with white people at all. And I think people get misconstrued by representation in terms of that. Like people think like we need more black lawyers representation so that people see that black people can be lawyers. No. Who cares what they think? Because no matter what they, you do, that doesn't matter. It's not on you. Representation matters so that when situations like that come up, you can relay your experience like, oh, this is treat you. You can treat someone like this is someone I know. You can come in and say, this is what they mean. You're representing a different point of view and under, trying to understand what they're saying. For the um, the whole thing, and when they see us, there was no representation to say like, no, these are my son. These are high school kids. Right. There's no one to say these are high school kids. Middle school, who, man, yeah. Um, freshmen, sophomores, and juniors mm-hmm. in high school, they were just playing around like every other race plays around mm-hmm. and everything. And just because you have two people who were being violent mm-hmm. and they were being, I think, were being of a teacher or something like that, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that all 30 are bad. Right. That's not what that means. Mm-hmm. And um, I've, I've, um, I've said this before, like, bring 30 high school students of any race together there's always there's most likely it's going to be about few kids who are just knuckleheads. It's right. just what happens. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you paint the whole group mm-hmm. as violent yeah. animals mm-hmm. <laughs> for that reason. Right. You don't even like even the people who were acting up. They were high school students. They need to be taught. Right. And everything. They don't need to be burned at the stake for it. Right. For acting like kids. Yeah. Yeah. Kids do stupid things. Kids been doing stupid things for years, and they're right. doing stupid things for years to come. Yes. The problem is there's no representation to someone to take ownership. Like, these are my sons. Right. <laughs> this is someone who, doing that, let's understand that they have things to live for. People mess up. People do stupid things in high school. Right. Let's help them understand what they, what they did and help them move forward. 
Yeah. Let's not destroy them for life because of it. Exactly. Which um, is what happens with other kids all the time. Mm-hmm. That big trial with Brett Kavanaugh mm-hmm. was the, the big thing was talking about how he did things in there. And they're like, no, he was, just, he, and he was in college. Right. He wasn't no kid. He was, he was in college, and people mm-hmm. were like, no, people just did super things in college. And great. Yeah, you do. Did, you that's do. fine. That's correct. You do super things in college and high school. The problem was, is not that people do super things in, in college and high school, is that you don't give the same um, respect mm-hmm. for black people when they do the same thing. No. I mean, studies have shown that, you know, little black boys and black girls are seen as more adult, even though they're the same age, like a little 10 year old black girl and a little 10 year old white girl. The black girl is seen as older somehow, even though she's literally the exact same age as the white girl. There's a level of innocence that that white people are automatically allowed that black people don't get. Correct. And it doesn't matter whether they're actually doing anything or not doing anything that warrants suspicion. Simply because they are black, there's this perception in people's minds that they're older, they're more mature, they're doing something. Because I was saying to Mark as we were watching the Central Park, uh, when they see us, I didn't grow up in the United States. I think I was maybe three or four when this whole Central Park thing came out. So this had no relevance to me as a kid growing up in Barbados. But I heard about the Central Park Five. I knew the story a little bit, whatever. I never realized until I watched this uh, uh, miniseries that they were kids. Like, in my mind, I thought they were, like, you know, 21, 22. I thought they were young men. I was like, they were 13, 14, 15 years old. I'm like, how how, how y'all even were able to pin this case on these kids and these kids actually went to jail is mind-boggling to me. And then just the way that they were referring to them as, like, savages and animals and thugs. And I'm just like, y'all just, y'all got to relax. Y'all, y'all have to relax. It's just like the thing that upset me the most about the whole thing was the fact that when all was said and done, they were cleared. They were, you know, exonerated. They can't get that time back. No. They can't. And the fact that they came out of jail, like they were virgins for all intents and purposes when they were accused of raping somebody and went to jail for it. And the fact that they came out and were registered sex offenders and they couldn't talk to each other almost because, like, they were not supposed to associate with convicted felons. Like, the fact that the, this this stupid thing that one person with an agenda or a group of people with an agenda to bring down these young black men and to make them out to be criminals, the long-reaching effects of that on their lives just over over something that wasn't true. And, and, the, and that they knew wasn't true when they started. And and this and this is but where, they railroaded those boys anyway. That ticked me off to no end. And this is where it comes down to. The problem was, is that even if they didn't believe that they did the rape, in their mind they were wrong anyway. They, they were they were wrong for just being outside and breathing. They were, they were wrong, and they, they believed that there were there were. People, cause like, remember they thought that all thirty people were out here just going to the park beating up people. Yeah, I was like, so they were like, they're like, well, so they they convinced in their mind that it is justified for them to go to jail. Maybe not for this, but for something that they're going to do later on. Like they're already convinced in themselves they're right. not going to be anything. Right, right. So let's, I, it, it makes sense for the convicting because these boys were never going to be innocent. Right. Right. Because it was like from the time you saw in the timeline where they saw that it didn't make sense, like in terms of like. How could like the lady, the prosecutor lady, Linda, whoever came on the scene and said, oh, it looks like someone dragged her. 
So how did it go from someone dragged her to five guys? And then the stories were so inconsistent because they were like basically coercing those boys to say that they did something. And like you could tell from the, the statements that those boys had nothing to do. They didn't know anything about sex. They didn't know anything. Like they didn't know anything about anything. And, and but th- the fact that they used that and said, oh, well, they confessed. I'm like, but you can see they're being coerced and coached and the things they're saying aren't natural and don't make sense. Like one of the guys didn't even place the rape that happened at the right place. He was saying it happened on one end of the park when it really happened on another. Like it was like there were so many glaring holes in the prosecution story to where those boys should never have been convicted of anything. Yeah. And, and like and like there was so much things that do with fear. And everything. Those boys said what they had to say because of fear. Right. So and, like, being, and, and believing the promise that, oh, if you say this, you're going to go home. Because they're kids. Right. They don't know any because better. Because they're kids. Right. So, like, the fear drove them to say whatever needed to be said for that. Right. And, like I said, even, like, the people who were on the, um, the jurors mm-hmm. were doing that. They just automatically just believed, like, oh, these kids must have did something. Right. Oh, they were in the park. They must have done something. Yeah, because remember, they like the guy. The kids weren't like um, convicted for the rape. I think the, I think for the rape they they didn't convict it for, but for everything else, like sexual abuse, they got or yeah. some other stuff. Because they had they had to register as sex offenders. Yeah, so, so there was something in there. So like all that stuff, and like they had to put it in because they just wanted to go home. And even like when it came when they were talking about the father, mm-hmm. and he just he had fear, and like that is a fear that a lot of people have. Right. I, I remember even like when they're talking about the mother who was like he went he went to her son to associate with them, mm-hmm. which is messed up, yeah, and everything. But it's still the fear right. that people have. Like I'm, I'm worried about my child, and it's a lot of fear that drives a lot of people into different things. Like a lot of um, older black people have that fear. That's the reason. That's the reason why the fear was you don't want your son w- walking around with a hoodie on. Is that fear was there for that reason? Right. Like that, it's not an uncommon fear. Mm-hmm. And like this fear is like, it's permeated everything that has been going on. Yeah. It's true. And and I think that, you know, I, after watching it, like, I hope that those men get every single penny that they are owed and then some. The fact that Mayor Bloomberg, when he was in office at the time when they got exonerated, did not want to um, settle with them and run them their coins is very interesting because the DNA evidence and the confession from the actual rapist prove that those boys never had anything to do with this and they basically got railroaded by a legal system that was determined to solve the case regardless of there being any actual facts. And the fact that, you know, this, you know, there are people who still stand by the idea that these boys were guilty despite facts that prove otherwise. The fact that the woman who was actually assaulted, like, I'm sorry that that happened to her, but the fact that she's like, well, I'm on the side of the police. I'm like, sis, um, the, the evidence dictates that the police made up a whole bunch of things. But whatever, girl. Yeah. and Like, I, you're so committed to believing that a bunch of 13-year-old boys raped you? Really? Yeah. And I, okay. I think that comes back to... Um, I think I forgot who said it. Like we were talking to them, but they were saying like them. If people believe it, then they have to believe that the whole police system is corrupt. Yes, and the police system is racist, and they and they that will mess up their mindset that everything we're saying is true. Right, and they can't believe that. Right, because <laughs> that just that, that just everything. unravels everything else that they have kind of so, staked their like philosophy about life on. Correct. So they have to believe that it's not that way. Right. 
which is like you know I guess this, but like uh, these 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 boys were their lives were forever changed by this and even though some of them have you know gone on to get married and do great things and write books and own businesses like there are years of their life that can never be taken back and like the one guy in particular Corey that's the one I feel the worst for because Corey ain't have nothing to do with nothing he literally went down to the police station with his friend got caught up in some stuff and because he was 16 he went to adult jail so he got you know in the movie they depicted him being like physically beaten up over several, and over again. Over and over again. And he varied, almost died a few almost times. Almost died a few times. Like, just everything that he went through for something he literally had nothing to do with. He literally just went to the police station with his friend to make sure that his friend was cool. And and that whole thing happened because his mother did not have money for a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. His yeah, mother. And he, they had nobody to fight for what, what, what they... What they um, for his for his rights. Yeah, and I'm just like, you know what? I was saying to Mark when we were watching it, like, I'll put a couple dollars on, on his therapy books because I'm sure he's going to need it. Like, all of them need therapy, but, like, what he went through was just insanity. And But, you know what? I respected the fact that, you know, they showed in the in the movie um, how many times he came up for parole and they would be like, do you want to admit to the guilt of your crimes? And he said, no, nah, y'all can take me back to the, to the cell. I ain't admitting to nothing. I don't care what y'all talking about. I know I didn't rape that lady. I know I had nothing to do with that. I'm out of here. And I mean, it takes resolve knowing that you're going back into a, a jail where you're going to where you've already been attacked and blah, 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 blah. And to know that he, they stood that strong in their innocence and said repeatedly time and time again, I never did this. I never did this. I never did that. That's to be applauded. But like they should never have been put in that position in the first place. That should never have happened. It's just, you know, I can see why people, especially if you have sons, like I can see how something like this is just triggering as all get out to you because it's like black boys are just endangered. Black men are endangered in this country. And, you know, to know that you have a child um, and that he's going to go out with his friends and just be out frolicking, doing, you know, friends things thing hanging with friends things and next thing you know they're in jail and you know people out there believing that your kid is this horrible rapist and you know blah 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 blah. like it's just yeah 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 it's just foolishness it's just absolute foolishness and i pray that those guys are compensated to the highest degree um that they can get like and I know money will not pay for what they have gone through, but they are owed something. They are absolutely a hundred percent owed I think, I think, I think, several dollars. Yeah, I think I think they're for they what has gone received, what has happened to them. They received one million dollars for every year they were out in mm-hmm. there. And then I think they reached a settlement with the city sometime last year for forty one million. No that, that was that. No. Is it? Was yeah. it? I thought it was a separate one. No, that was one. Okay. Like in total it's forty one million. It's in, in, in total it's forty one. But I think they got another settlement too. Okay. If it was another one, then okay. Yeah, I think there was another settlement they got, or there's another case um, that they have pending um, uh, with the NYPD specifically, I think, because I think they had one with New York City, and then I think they might have something going with uh, the NYPD specifically. But either way, run them boys, they money. Yeah, because that makes sense, because um, four times seven is 28 plus... Mm-hmm. Was it twelve? Mm-hmm. It's about forty-one. So it makes sense. Yeah, I'm like run them, run them their money because y'all ain't have to do them children like that. Run them their money. It's like I can't imagine how like damaged and like just mentally scarred they are as a result of what happened to them. 
and it's something that should never have happened and could have been avoidable. Like, to me, I feel like, you know, if they had legit done something and they went through this, not to say that it would have been right, but it's like, okay, you did something, you deserve punishment for that thing. But to know that they didn't do nothing, literally did nothing, and simply due to an agenda to demonize them and not having the the resources to um, have better defense or whatever the case may be, they now, you know are dealing with these long-lasting effects of something that should never have happened to them is just, it's infuriating. And uh, the last thing I, I want to say about this is the we need to stop, um, deem, like, black people also need to stop, I guess, I understand where it comes from, let's rephrase that. I understand where it comes from, I mean, the, the white supremacy affects us as much as it affects everybody else. Uh-huh. Right. So I, I understand where it comes from. Mm-hmm. So but I'm just saying that, like, when it comes down to um, us, we have this problem, mm-hmm. the separation between black people who feel like they are better than other blacks mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. And like that, that kind of plays into the mother. And yeah, yeah. Because, you, like, you, you said you, some you, other just was like, girl, I don't have time to be. Because like it is belief that like these are these blacks are not like my son or mm-hmm. like these blacks are just different mm-hmm. than me. And like that goes into like the based off the dress, like the same way how other people categorize black people, how they dress. We do the same thing to us mm-hmm. and everything. And so we have to start being mindful of that also. Um, I talk about this all the time. Like I, I, I don't like that picture. When it shows the black men in suits and saying we need to have men that look like this. Because it plays into this, if you're not dressed up in a suit and everything, then you should not be respected. And which it, is it, not true. Yeah, and it plays into this mindset that your clothes make the difference in terms of how people see you. It doesn't, it doesn't. Like, yes, you being dressed nice, you know, you can be perceived as being X, Y, Z way to this person or to that person. But if someone sees you as a criminal... It does not matter what you're wearing. You could be coogee down to the socks. If they think you're a criminal, they think you're a criminal. You could be wearing purple labels. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. And we have to stop with this mindset of because we, we're dressed a certain way or we look a certain way that we're exempt from being um, railroaded and, uh, and um, disenfranchised by the legal system. We have to stop thinking that because clothing will not protect you. It absolutely will not protect you from what has happened because you said and stop looking down at people who don't and yeah don't don't feel that you're you're better than anybody just because oh my kid goes to private school and they wear a uniform and they do this and they do that and i dress this way and i do this and i do that you anybody any one of us can be caught up in any of these wild situations at any time and it won't matter what we dress like what degrees we have it won't matter at the end of the day if, if there is an agenda against you as a person um, to to prove that you have done something, whoever's trying to prove that thing will do everything in their power to make sure that they prove that thing. It won't matter what you dress like or or how you speak or what your hair looks like. None of that matters. And, and Yusef was in his private clothes. Yeah, Yusef was, was in his school to... uniform yeah. when they picked him up. And they still sent that young man to the jail. Didn't even matter. Yeah, so like we, we, need, to, we need to stop... Um, subscribing to that idea because it's it's nonsense 
Yeah, because like it's it's the high school students. They can dress. They're gonna dress like the people that like they like seeing on TV. It doesn't mean that they're terrible people. Right. They it doesn't just, mean that they're horrible people. It just means that just like everybody else, they dress like that. Just stop demonizing our boys more than everybody else who does the same thing. Right. Because it's like, oh, you know, when they're wearing their pants sagging. Yeah, okay, that's not attractive. I don't like it personally. It's not the worst thing ever. Y'all need to relax from the, the pants sagging. It's not the worst thing ever. Simmer down. Yeah, just just relax. Like it's Sorry, no. like I personally am not a fan. I, yeah, I I'm wouldn't, not either. But I wouldn't talk to a guy that was walking around with sagging pants. But guess what? That doesn't make that boy less human. You're also thirty three. Also that, but it doesn't make <laughs> that boy less human, less intelligent, less anything. That's just the style that he's seeking to emulate for whatever reason. Yeah. We've all dressed in like trash fashions, Ter- terrible fashions. Right. We terrible all fashions. we all looked crazy. We if we go back and look at pictures of ourselves from high school and middle school, it's like good god. Yeah. Where was I going? And same thing with our parents. Our parents dress crazy too. Right. You'd be like, ooh, look at mom in that thought outfit. I, I'll so, even say it this way. Like, they always talk about, like, the men always talking about, like, oh, I used to wear suits and everything. But a lot, a lot of people back then, older, they were emulating drug dealers at that time. The drug dealers at that time were wearing suits. Actual factual. So stop, like, the pimps and the drug dealers were wearing Right. So when you see your country. daddy out there in one of them pictures from the 60s with a fur on, your daddy either was selling drugs or was attempting to emulate a Negro that was selling drugs. So, like, stop stop trying to, like, True demonize tea. just because the youth doing something. It's just, it's just a different time, so people do different things. People all dress stupid and try to emulate people. Right. It just, it's just what, how it goes. It's just It's because it you, don't, you don't understand it doesn't mean that it means that they're terrible people. <laughs> yes. Yes. I agree. All right. Um, we got to move on. Yes, let's move on. We're moving on. Okay. So um, to this week in random, um, just a few things I had on my uh, little agenda, things I noticed during the week. So somebody sent me a picture on the Internet. We talked about food here before. I'm very particular about food looking a certain way, being attached to certain things. Um, I just have very particular feelings about food. And so someone sent me a picture, and it was a picture of what looked to be beans, like baked beans, like Bush's baked beans with um, peaches inside. And I just wanted to come here today and tell somebody, if y'all don't cut it <laughs> all the way out, peaches and baked beans, for what? For what? Peaches go with lemonade, with iced tea, and fruit salads in general. I have no idea why peaches and beets are together in a combination. It looks nasty. It looks ungodly. It looks like it's going to cause um, diarrhea for days to come. People need to stop it. Stop it now. Stop it now. Stop trying to be creative with the foods. It's like the people with the mac and cheese that was putting Brussels sprouts in there. Sis, no. Okay? Just no. Let's let's stop all this unnecessary food mixing. Bean. And the picture looks mad nasty, too. It's like a pot of beans, and then, like, you see these slices of, of peaches in there. It's like, the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. Look. Like, that looks so unappetizing. And I think it was posted by the Instagram cooking cooking for Bay that page. So if y'all want to go look at that, um, take a look. But it's gross. Be forewarned. Like I was like, what is that? Why is that in there? It's mad nasty. Y'all gotta stop playing. Look like they had it on somebody's buffet. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nastiness that. No thank you. Um. So this past uh, week. Uh, the world leaders were meeting in Great Britain, great colonizer to the rest of the world. Um, we will never let you forget, Britain. Um, and um, our president, uh, the United States president, um, as a world leader, was um, invited to attend said uh, summit that took place in England. And um, Queen Elizabeth said, the best Western is across the street. 
She said, um, my house, Buckingham Palace, is undergoing some renovations. We are booked. We are completely booked. We are busy. We cannot accommodate you. Meanwhile, the whole joint got like 775 rooms, I think I, I, I read. And Queen Elizabeth said, we have 775 and suddenly we cannot accommodate you, sir. The best <laughs> Western is across the street. I was like, Queen Elizabeth, why you got to be like that? Why you got to act like that? Why, why you said the man can't stay around here? Elizabeth said, not in this house. Not here. No, no, I don't think so. I don't, mm-mm. not not here, sir, not today. Um, and even in the pictures they took, she's standing over there like, it's like somebody took a picture of the side-by-side of when Barack Obama went, President Barack Obama, because I don't know that man like that, when President Barack Obama went to England and how, and the picture she took with him and then the picture she took with um, Donald Trump. And like, she just looks like she don't want nothing to do with him. Her <laughs> body language is like, oh, God. <laughs> Must I take this picture? And you know she old too, so she don't give two good dams about anything that Donald Trump has got going on. She's like, whatever, guy. Word. She took a little picture and she got to step in. But um, yeah, it was just it tickled me a little bit that she was like, mm, we are unavailable. Um, speaking of best westerns across the street, I don't know if anybody saw this video, but it was going. It went viral this week. Um, so. Backstory, there was this woman, this white woman, who called this hotel, I guess, to get a room or to reserve a room or whatever. And the clerk she was speaking to, a young black man, I guess maybe she didn't like how he was answering certain questions. And she called him the N-word over the phone. The F and N. An F and N over the phone. So when she gets into the hotel... She's over there trying to cry her white tears and tell him how her how her mama died and her grandma died and this person died. And that black man's reaction just gave me everything I needed in life because that dude was like, OK, it's above me now. It's above me now. He said, you called me an N-word on the phone. You called me an effing N-word on the phone. She's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean. And he just stood there with the most unfazed, unbothered. It's above me now, sis. You, you can go next door. He said the best Western is across the street. I screamed. I didn't. I laughed so hard. Because keep that same energy, sis. You was on that phone talking wild crazy to that boy. And then when you get in here and you see what time it is and he's like, nah, it's good, sis. You can't stay over here. Now you want to cry tears and be remorseful? Nah, nah, nah. Keep that same energy. You was talking trash on the phone. Keep that trash energy in person when you see him. The best Westerners across the street. There it is. The video made me laugh a lot. So if you are... um, not familiar, please do your Googles. Uh, it's everywhere. Um, they've made a, a song remix to it, and so they've got got um, audio of him saying, it's above me now, and then they have videos of people dancing um, to a beat because, you know, the internet will be will, will not be outdone. Yeah. Especially the black internet will not be outdone. So it's quite or, hilarious. Get into it. I'm waiting for an opportunity in real life to use this above me now. Um, can't wait. Can't gotcha. wait. Best Westerners across the street. Can't wait. Um, moving on, um, this week, uh, there have been some, the last couple of weeks, I should say, um, but mostly this week, we've seen some more reports of suspicious deaths and illnesses in the Dominican Republic. Um, I don't really know what's going on over there, but I'm gonna need somebody to get to the bottom of it (laughs) (laughs) because, um, yeah, it, mm, it don't look good. And for a country whose primary, um, economic driving force is tourism. It don't look good that people keep coming over here getting beat up 
or dying or getting poisoned. And it seems like it's all happening at this same resort. So something something's afoot over there. And like I'll be honest with you, um, there are some places that people talk about vacationing and I just be like, uh-huh. DR is one of those places where I'll be like, uh-huh, I don't have any interest in going over there whatsoever. None. Nope, I'm good. Even before all of these reports, I've been like, nah, I'm fine. I don't care how cheap it is. I'm fine. I don't want to go. Barbados is always an option. Word. Every time, always will be. Um, but yeah, they got to figure that out because it looks really suspicious. The people that drove that um, drove off the cliff the other night, the, the couple months ago, then the people who, um, the lady who got beat up that was from Delaware or something like that. And then the couple who died in the hotel. And then the couple who died in the hotel. Then there's somebody else who died in that same hotel. And then um, somebody I follow on Facebook posted this woman who was like live, like, tweeting or Facebooking or whatever, basically her experience about how she was in the hotel. She had gone to the bar the night before, came back to the room. One of the employees came in the room and tried to, like, sexually assault her, and she, like, fought him off, and, like, she got in contact with the embassy and was on her way back home to the U.S. So it's like, there's some ish going on over there, and I need them to fix it. Clean it up, guys. Clean it up. Um, Yeah, moving on. Um, So the Jesse Smollett report came out. Um, They didn't really say nothing new. Um for all of that hype about releasing the documents. They ain't really say nothing new. The only thing that really came out that was of consequence was that those dudes, he talked to them about, like, getting drugs. Um, I also didn't know that um, Whitney was a, a code name for, like, crack cocaine. Didn't know that. But, like, in the text it showed, oh, can I get some Molly, some something, and some Whitney. And I was like, well, what's Whitney? That's it's quite disrespectful. It's, let me tell you something. I am a huge fan of Whitney Elizabeth Houston, and what you girls won't do it's quite disrespectful. is drag Whitney's name. You won't. You never will. It's always too soon to drag Whitney's name. Always. Every time. But I, I, that was something that I learned new today. Um, it's, at this point with the Jesse situation, I'm over it. I don't care no more. Um, you know... So everybody's lying. That's my that's my final take, my final hot take. Everybody's lying about the situation. The police, Jesse, everyone's lying. But at this point, who cares? Who even cares? I just thought that they were really going to give us some more tea on that situation, and we got no tea. There was no no tea to be found. Um, moving on. Speaking of medication, since we're talking about um, uh, Whitney and Molly and all that stuff, so I was watching a commercial today um, for something called Cubrexa, and apparently it's a medication that to help you with excessive underarm sweating. Um, I think we have to do something about medications in this country because <laughs> I'm listening to the thing and it's like, yeah, it helps you with excessive underarm sweating, blah, 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 like, blah. What? And then side effects include like blurred vision or, 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 or some, it, it affects your eyes somehow. And I was just like, but I'm just trying not to sweat so much under my underarms and have pit stains. Why my eyes got to be jacked up as a response? Like, I don't. Like, but that side effect is way, way weird. Like, what? Your eyes. I don't, I don't understand. I just don't understand. Like, what? Huh? How we get here? We, have you ever listened to um, commercials for medications? Like, it's, it's terrible. Because it would be like, this might, if you, if you tend to have diabetes, please take this medication. Side effects. Diabetes. Right. Like, there was a, there's an <laughs> asthma medication. And, the res- and one of the side effects is an asthma attack. I'm like, but sis, if I'm taking this to not have an asthma attack, but it gives me an asthma attack anyway. Like, how about we just not, okay? Like, it creeps me out how, like, the side effects for some of these things. It's like, you know, I'm just right with the disease I have if that's cool. I'm going to just try some holistic natural methods because this right here don't seem like this is going to be an effective situation for me specifically. Word. So, yeah, no. So I just have two more things I'm going to bring up and then we're going to get on out of here. Um, so there was a tweet I saw this week that made me laugh because um, you remember TLC 
uh, you know, um, Left Eye Chili and uh, T-Boz. They had a hit back in the day called No Scrubs. Um, we're all familiar with it. We were all teeny boppers singing along to it and telling boys they were busters. Meanwhile, no one was driving anywhere. But that's neither here nor there. I just don't understand why I got to be a scrub for carpooling trying to save the environment. I just don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to save the environment. Bye, Felicia. I'm trying Bye, to save the environment carpool. But all of a sudden, I'm a scrub. I don't understand. I, I don't know. I'm just telling you what the girls down to TLC said. So somebody wrote a tweet this week and said, TLC really ain't had no business talking about people being scrubs when they were broke the whole time. And I'm going to admit like, that I laughed. I was, like, I was like, but they were going through bankruptcy. So they were the scrubs. They were. <laughs> they were, in fact, quite scrubbalicious. <laughs> they were the scrubs in question. Right. They were quite scrubby um, if we're going by their definition. And I thought it was hilarious. I don't. It's, I should not laugh at people's misfortune, but I, just, I never thought about it before. And so something about seeing it in print made me laugh a lot. I had a good time laughing at it. Um, and the other thing I wanted to bring up um, that gave me the chuckles this week, I had a lot of things to laugh at this week, um, was uh, we all saw um, Beyonce and Jay-Z at the, uh, what was it, Warriors-Raptors game. And mm-hmm. so, you know, Beyonce's sitting there looking all fine and whatever with Jay-Z. They're sitting there, and I guess they're sitting next to the owner of the team's wife. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Beyonce and Jay-Z, they're waving at somebody across the way, and they're all like, hey, looking all friendly or whatever. Then the the team owner's wife leans forward to talk to Jay-Z, and you see Beyonce's whole body language change. And I just was like, ooh. But, like, I understood why her body language changed. I don't think it was because the woman was talking to Jay-Z. It was how the woman leaned over. Like, she didn't lean forward. She legit just, like, leaned her body, like, she was practically laying on Beyonce's chest. Yeah. And I was just like, I know that has to be annoying, but because Beyonce knows every camera in the place is on her, she can't really have a reaction. She just has to kind of be like... And then she kind of shuffled forward a little bit when like the woman stopped talking. I was just like, oh, my God. And the, and the internet made it a way bigger thing than it needed to be. Because the beehive needs to simmer down. The beehive needs to relax. <laughs> they over there calling for that woman's head. They need to simmer down. Right. The beehive needs to react, but I also need Beyonce to come out herself and be like, guys, <laughs> Relax. <laughs> Because like her, her, public, her posters came out. Yeah, but like no, it's not the same. But why did Beyonce post- Giselle Knowles Carter needs to come out and be like, Hive, calm down. But why did the publicists come out and then someone was like, We don't listen to publicists, we don't listen to Jay Z, we don't listen to Jay-Z. And I was just like, guys, Beyonce, you gotta relax. You gotta get your hive. The beehive, like I appreciate like fans of stuff. I appreciate fandom hundred percent. But like the beehive, is, the beehive has said, to relax. They have to relax. Like they go too hard. It's just like I'm I have said multiple times, I'm a card carrying member of the Rihanna Navy. There is no question about that. Fight me if you want to. I'm a Navy girl for life. However, you're not gonna see me on these internets going like a rabid dog like the way the beehive people do. Like they just that, do too that, much. That fan base is different. That fan base is nuts. I don't know what's wrong with them, but I need them to get on some medication and relax. But not some medication that'll give you some crazy side effects and have you doing even crazier things. Because, you know, we just talked about that. Yeah. But, like, yeah, the Beehive, they just be doing the absolute most. I'm like, Beyonce don't even know y'all. Calm down. They have, they have to simmer down. For real. Like, they be acting like they're Solange or Kelly or Michelle. Like, Beyonce has no idea who you are. Word. Relax. Good sis. Relax. Um, and yeah. We're going to go right into um, T-Tips. Mm-hmm. So it's time for the BLM T-Tips. T-Tips. So this T-tip says, make sure to open a business checking account with a business account so you can deposit your checks that you made out to your company in your business checking account. Likewise, you'll pay business expenses out of the business account also. Having separate accounts from your personal account will make it easier to deduct business expenses on your taxes. Mm -hmm. It also protects you if legal action is taken against your company. 
having personal accounts to inter- intertwine with your business may put you at put your personal assets at risk in the lawsuit. Try to make sure you have two separate accounts. Show two separate expenses, two separate income. Try to separate everything. Make those two separate entities with everything you do. Even if you haven't licensed your business yet, make sure everything is separated to show separation between those two. Because you don't want your assets to be affected if anything happens. Or it's a big bird. And like I said, also in terms of taxes, it's good to show these are all my expenses for this, for my business. This is all my income for my business. This is what I need to work on. So please open up a business checking account. It's also great if you have to pay people. You can just get a check with your business name on it, send out to people. If you have to pay contracts, it, it, it just it, it's more helpful as a separate entity. So please get your business checking account together yeah. and business savings. Yeah. And, you know, use all your resources. Check out the credit unions, the, you know, the big banks, you know, online. Check out all of your resources because a lot of them have really great deals and opportunities for, for businesses, businesses trying to open yeah. um, accounts with these um, various institutions. So definitely the opportunities are out there. You just have to do your research. Before we go, I just wanted to let people know um, Pose on FX is coming back this Tuesday. So when the episode comes out, you will be listening. Pose is coming out that night. Billy Porter and the good girls of Pose are back. I love that show so much, and I can't wait to see it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm probably going to talk about it next podcast because I'm so excited. Oh, my God. I'm really, really excited. I love that show. If you've never seen it, check it out on FX. Um, It's probably on Hulu or something. I don't know if it's on the Netflix, but it might be on Hulu. Great show about um, the um, LGBT scene. Like, mostly mostly focuses on transgender um, folks in the um, 1980s, like, around the time when, like, HIV and AIDS was a big thing and you know people weren't as accepting as they are today which is relative but um it's a really good show really well acted um and just it's such a positive it's such a positive storyline and I didn't think it was a show I would like but like I ended up getting into it and it's really really good so I'm excited to see that this week can't wait can't wait can't wait all right well thank you so much for listening to the all love no fear podcast episode nine episode nine once again catch us on spotify on apple Podcasts, on google play Podcasts. we didn't say that last time on stitcher (laughs) (laughs) i think we're on blueberry we're on podbean i think we're we blueberry maybe we are maybe it might be yeah i know we're on podbean um Um, i feel like we're missing one maybe um, but we're, we're, and, and the website and the website and we're on this we're we're places stream things like we're we're, we're there we're in the streets we're in the um, streets on the streams. <laughs> um, but yeah, just um, come check us out once again. If you have any suggestions for artists, please contact us. Let us know um, music. Let us know topics. Let us know all we'll love, love no, no fear, fear pcast at gmail dot com. Yeah, and we will catch you later next week. Episode ten. Woo, woo, episode ten. And woo, also Father's woo. Day. Yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> we'll figure out if we're going to beer brunch or not. I don't know what, what the plans are. We'll figure it out. You don't want a beer brunch? You know? I don't want beer. All right. Um, <laughs> what if it's like Sam Adams? It's not happening. Okay, um, all right, fine. So we'll catch socks, you later. Socks and ties it is. I bid you adieu. Farewell. So long farewell. I bid you say goodnight. Adieu, adieu to you and you and you. Bye.